Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Bailey retained the SmackDown Women's Championship um, over Lacey Evans. And again, that was a, a, a dud match. Was a match. Dud. No, no build really going into it. Who cared? We really didn't watch that match. No, I mean. More people on their phones. Because what was there to watch? Looking, uh, what we were given storyline-wise for that is, oh, Lacey's a good guy now, and she wants to do this for her family, and... Bailey's bad for some. I still don't understand the Bailey heel turn. I really don't. I don't understand the Bailey haircut. I don't understand Bailey. I never. Under, I didn't like her when she was a face, and I don't like her when she's a heel. I well, don't think her personality fits. Uh, well, I think. I don't think it's Bailey's fault. No, absolutely not. I think. Never I think fault. what they did as her as a heel. I think what they did, and I think it's costing them because I don't know Sasha. I think's hurt. So I, Sasha's gone too. Yeah, that whole gimmick. So. So, when they turned Bailey heel, everyone was all about it. Right. But within a week, it was dead. It was dead because they decided um, on the writing front that it was actually going to be about Sasha right. and not Bailey. And how can you, as a champion, play second to your partner who's not a champion? Right. And that's what's happened the entire time. And now Bailey has no character. Like she look, it's. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a bit of a slam dunk. If you're gonna play the whole baby face, just defending the honor of their kid right. angle, right? I'm okay. Yes, the gold standard of a feud like that is Eddie and Rey Mysterio, Absolutely. 2005. That's the gold standard. We don't expect every feud like that to play out as such. But at least try. I mean, at least if you're going to put the hat on, you know, Lacey came out, put her hat on her daughter. Right. What did Bailey do? Bailey just looked at the daughter and was like, mm-hmm. Not even like a, a mean mug, just straight face. Just, no, I don't really want to be laugh. here. No, no, good, and, good luck. And here's the thing with that, too, is you see this throughout the entire women's division, and I don't think it's ever been as prevalent as it is as in the Rumble. Because you see all these people come out, and you're like, oh, yeah, they're on the roster. Wait, who is this? Yeah. Oh, haven't seen them in forever. Mm-hmm. Because no one has a gimmick in the women's division. No one has something they can Not actually work with, good. unless it, your name is Charlotte Flair, and everyone just assumes you're a heel. On the main roster. And I think on oh, yeah. NXT, and I think on NXT there's characters within the problem Absolutely. though is that NXT folks are not booking no. the, the Rumble matches, so when you don't get that, and again you're walking the door only knowing seven of the thirty spots that are going to be filled. It's kind of hard to watch. Mm-hmm. That's a problem, and it's been that way. And when, two two when, years ago there was a clear storyline with Oscar. Right. Two years ago. It, Welcome to So What's the Catch on All Sports Cleveland. Every Wednesday from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock, James, Josh, Kramer, AJ, Brian, and the one and only Chirk Berserk get together to discuss a wide variety of topics across the sports world. During these discussions, we let our opinions fly with a dash of comedy. And now, here's your show, So What's the Catch. Welcome to So What's the Catch here on All Sports Cleveland, and it is another victory episode for our Cleveland Browns. They victory, victory, screech. <laughs> 
How did I do at that? That was pretty good. That was fantastic. That was a SpongeBob reference, wasn't it? Yes. Okay, good. Just okay. making sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. So they smothered the Bears from start to finish. It wasn't even close. 26-6. Twenty six to six. Let's Is that talk what you guys about expected. No, no, it's not what I expected. But I did think we were going to win that game easy. But not. I didn't think that we would hold our opponent to a record low out offensive output for <laughs> for the franchise. When history. we get more into the game, I will go off on a bit of a tangent about that. Yeah, but. I thought it was going to be a three-point game. I predicted 27-24. You have too much faith in that defense. This is the problem. The Bears' D is just not that good. The Bears' D is not good. Yeah. Uh, con- conversely, the Browns' offense really wasn't that good either. No, it was not. They. That's... What were they doing on those fir- two first two fourth-down plays? Uh, mm-hmm. Kevin Stefanski realized that the Browns are a better team, mm-hmm. uh, that their offense is better than the Bears' defense, mm-hmm. and that – they could afford to go for fourth down and not get it because they're still going to win, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. The play design on those two were just... I'm, I, I'm not arguing anything about the play calls or the play design on those fourth downs. It's just that he realized that the Browns are the better team. Uh, they can go for it on fourth down because the Bears aren't going to score a touchdown. Right. And they didn't at any point in that game. They yeah. didn't even threaten the red zone at all day. It was just very... He- those two fourth down plays for me were head scratching. I didn't get it. Yeah, I, the the play calls were questionable, but I'm with James there. I think it was the right decision ultimately to go for it. I I don't know. I mean, a lot of the numbers say going for it on fourth down. It, it's not as risky as we once thought that it was uh, in short yarded situations, at least. Um, and I don't know. I I didn't really have a problem with it, but I did. I oh, I'm not saying I have a problem with it. It just left me confused more than anything. I I think they tried to get a little too cute with a couple things they were trying to do there, but I don't know. The offense wasn't. It wasn't great. It wasn't a great day for the offense. And when you're having a day like that, you know, you kind of just you you get by, you know. And and when you still win a game by 20 points, you know, that's that just says a lot about the depth and talent on this team. Yeah. Because we really didn't play that great of a game, in my opinion. No. I, I mean, defensively, sure. We had some guys that had a, We had two all-pro-type performances from a couple of our players on defense. That's because of Matt Nagy. Sure. Well, let's let's hear your thoughts on Matt Nagy and the game that he called, because I know that you have some strong opinions about he, it. Matt Nagy, I know you're probably not listening to this, but if you are somehow <laughs> Matt Nagy... I'm pretty sure he's not, but go on. <laughs> Matt Nagy, this is, I'm talking directly to you right now. You need to be fired yesterday. That was one of the worst play calling. That was some of the worst play calling I have ever seen. Straight drop back like 20 times. 13 of those 20 times, they just did a straight five-man front didn't provide any type of extra help to, you know, somebody like Jason Peters, who I'm sorry, but he's a shell of himself now. Mm-hmm. And so Miles Garrett was able to eat him for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then you had something like something, or excuse me, Justin Fields. He is a mobile quarterback. He can get out of the pocket and run. He can beat you with his legs. They didn't do that. I I maybe saw one quarterback run all day. Well, let me ask you this. If if you replace Justin Fields with Lamar Jackson uh, with the same roster, 
do you, how much different do you think that game would have turned out? Because uh, Justin Fields doesn't have much help around him. You know what I'm saying? And, and I understand what you're saying. The game plan was was questionable. You could have utilized his talents better, I think. But at, at the same rate, I mean, he was running for his life all day long. I mean, yeah, he, but he had no help whatsoever. And I, I don't know that... Having him be mobile wasn't going to be the answer. Yeah, that's, here's, that's where I'm getting. It's here's not gonna... the problem, what the Bears ran into, besides Matt Nagy being a terrible play caller, offensive, whatever he calls himself... Uh, it's the fact that what was the what was the scouting report on Justin Fields coming out of college? He holds the ball too long and he struggles reading defenses. Mm-hmm. What kind of defense do the Browns run primarily? <laughs> Zone defense, which right. is harder to read post-snap. Mm-hmm. So what's happening is he's having a hard time reading the defense. He can't figure out where to throw the ball. And by that time, it's Miles Garrett time. Okay, And he's getting... One of his four and a half now single game franchise record sacks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was set up for failure in my opinion. How do you get really half was. a sack? That's the part I always. Two guys get there at the same yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. They split it. Okay. Um, but it's just like I saw no play action passes. It was just straight drop back pass. If you can at least get him outside the pocket, he has a better chance of completing a pass. We've seen that with Baker Mayfield. You. You've even said the same thing, where Baker Mayfield is not good just standing there and throwing out mm-hmm. in the pocket. I have said that. And you know what? In, in regards to Justin Fields, he would be better on the run, but would he be making a – would he be a, would it be a play call where he's on the run throwing or literally running for his life? I think it would right. be running for his life because that Bears offensive line can't block anybody, which is exactly what we said was going to happen before the game. Exactly. Which is why they shouldn't have even started Justin Fields in the first place. So who are you going to start instead? Nick Foles. Yeah. I mean, if you want to win the so game, what, you, you, you lose start... 26 to 9 instead? <laughs> That's the alternative. You're going right. to lose by almost 20 or 20. Why would you put so, Justin Fields out there to get killed, though? Ju- just to counter your point, though, about, like, Baker Mayfield and, and getting him out of the pocket, like, our offense is more conducive to do that. We have, a, we have two of the best backs in the, in the league, and that helps a lot. We have the best offensive line, arguably, in the NFL. That helps a lot. And we've got, I mean, we run a lot of two tight end sets where you've got extra blockers. And so we do some things that allows Baker to get out of the pocket that we have the personnel to do. And, yeah, Matt Nagy, he's not a great coach <laughs> and that wasn't the best called game but with that the pieces the that he has I've ever seen yeah with I the mean, pieces he has I just don't think that he had too much ability to get too creative with Justin Fields I mean, so. at one point during the game there was uh Cole Komet was on crossing out with Jimmy Graham on a streak um, right I'm sorry that's not going to be uh per- productive offensively for anybody especially no. the 2021 version of Jimmy Graham right who I'm pretty sure uh any of us in this room can run faster than right now okay. yeah probably yeah he's not running a blazing 40 that's for sure so here's my thing what kind so OBJ came back in this game what kind of impact do you think he had uh, may I take a victory lap for one second? Because I love enjoy taking victory laps. You <laughs> do. I do. Uh, do you remember uh, week one for the Browns? Against the, the Chiefs. Offense? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, who was the leading receiver? Oh, that was uh, Schwartz. That was, uh, <laughs> was it Anthony Schwartz? It was David Njoku. Oh, Njoku. Do you remember okay. what I said about his targets and yards? I do. Game? What did I say? He said You said once OBJ came back, Njoku would be nullified. And what did Njoku do? Nothing. Exactly. Yeah. So victory lap. Hey, I never, I never disagreed with you. 
to, to hey, uh, every chance I get to take a victory lap, I'm taking it now. Okay. I feel like the <laughs> the Browns more rely on the run game than the pass. Well, they have well, they to. Do, but what my point was is that Njoku was running the routes and taking the responsibility yeah. of an X receiver because they didn't have one. Right. And now they have one back, which makes Njoku essentially useless. Yeah. So, are you concerned? We kind of talked about this off mic, but are you concerned that? The problems that Baker had with OBJ in 2019 and at the start of 2020 are going to rise again where he becomes too Beckham Jr. focused okay, or well, centric, well, focused, the prob- whatever. The problems of 2019 Baker versus 2020 Baker are entirely separate. Okay? Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Baker, 2019 Baker, he had a lot of bad habits. He had bad footwork. He was just essentially chucking it for the sake of chucking it. And... The overall play calls were bad. They were not mm. helpful in uh, going to make him a better player. Okay? No. There are lots of deep drops. There are lots of long-developing passing plays. Two things that he's not good at. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as what 2020, the problem for Baker and OBJ in 2020, I told you this yesterday uh, off mic as well, and that is the first half of the season, Baker had a very large problem reading option routes for receivers. Okay, it wasn't just with Beckham. It was you everyone. did say it this. was with Landry. It was with Higgins. It was with whoever ran a route. He did not read the option routes properly. Mm-hmm. Odell Beckham Jr. is elite at reading what option he needs to make, whether it's to cut the route off short or to go deep. Yeah, there's actually a very uh, very informative YouTube video, and I'll find it and send it to you that will go into this better than I can say, but. After OBJ got hurt, and unfortunately, after the bye week, he was reading those option routes correctly, which made him look like a much better quarterback. Mm-hmm. And he was actually doing that this past week for the most part. Okay, mm-hmm. There were still a couple times where he had some bad throws, and OBJ bailed him out of two interceptions he should have thrown. But he's reading those option routes properly now, which is making him a better quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I think that as long as he's doing that, I don't see any of those issues from 2019 and 2020 really resurfacing. And you say that, you know, the Bears' defense is not didn't really show up. I would argue that it took us a while to get our offense going, and the Bears' defense got, like, five sacks on Baker. Well, so is that because of the Bears' defense, or is that because of poor execution? Because I'm going right. to argue it's poor execution. I yeah, think it's a little bit of both. You know, I think having not having Landry out there, you know, that has a lot to do with it too. Um, so yeah, I, I think that it was more of an offensive execution thing than it was a defensive execution of uh, from the Bears, at, at least in my opinion. I yeah, I, I saw it. I just see it as a little bit of both. I mean, you, you watched the throws Baker made. A lot of them were off target, or behind, or high. It, it, it was not pretty from Baker no. on Sunday. And that's I guess the I guess the floor of what he does. That's what you're gonna see. You're gonna see those games where he's just off target and it's mm-hmm. gonna be a struggle in the passing game. And unfortunately that's what's gonna happen. And mm-hmm. I know we're gonna keep talking about this throughout the season into you know, after the season, but if he wants to be one of those guys that's get paid like a top quarterback, he's got to fix that. He's going to make that not be a, a recurring theme. Yeah, you're not so far. He, that is. Yeah, running backs' life in the NFL is short. You're not always going to have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb in the backfield to bail no. you out when you're having an off day and you're not making those reads and you're right. not making those throws. So in terms of what kind of impact OBJ had, I mean, I think he made Baker better because he, you know, they he does 
absolutely run those option routes better than any other receiver on the team. Um, I think he, yeah, he definitely bailed him out. He had a couple bad throws that his athleticism saved from being interceptions. So, yeah, he had a really positive impact for how long he's been out and, and what we expected. I think it was a good game for him. It was a very good game, and I'll, I will add that the Browns have two of some of, if not the best route runners in Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. on this roster. Elite. Yep. yep. But with that, we got to head to a commercial. We come back, we got a little bit more Browns talk, and of course, the random Cleveland Athlete of the Week. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with an SPF of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year. Remember there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash call. This is So What's the Catch? Your home for the random Cleveland Athlete of the Week on All Sports Cleveland. All right, we are back here on So What's the Catch? All Sports Cleveland. we got some more Browns talk. Now, Josh, you have an opinion about the most important stretch of the season for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. I disagree with it, but... Tell me what your most important stretch is that you think it is, and I'll tell you what I think it is. For me, it's weeks three through ten. Because in that time, we had to play the Bears, which I like. Their, think their defense is a little better than you guys are giving them credit for, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> then we had to play the Vikings. Vikings can be, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not so good, so 
that's an iffy game. Inconsistent? Yeah, they're inconsistent. Thanks, Turk. Mm. And then week five at the Chargers. That's an extremely difficult game. Mm-hmm. Um, week six, we, you got to come home and get ready for Kyler Murray. Okay. Week seven, you have to play a short week and get ready for what I think is a good Broncos team. I think it's the worst 3 and 0 team of all time. But yeah. go ahead. Uh, I'm with you on that. <laughs> Paper Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> Week 8 is Halloween and you're get getting ready for arguably your biggest rival in the Steelers. Although I would say the biggest rival for the Browns right Pause. now. Pause. What? Go ahead. <laughs> arguably I would say Baltimore is the bigger rival as of right now. Okay. Week nine, Cincinnati, coming off an emotional. Hold on, it's the Bengals. It's coming the off, Bengals. Coming off of a possibly an emotional game against Pittsburgh, and then having to play at Cincinnati could be a bit of a trap game. And then it's always difficult to play against Belichick. Yeah, okay. I, I so, agree about the trap game thing, and that's about it. <laughs> and it's so tough to it, play against Belichick, but not are, this year. Are there tough games in here? Sure. Chargers gonna be tough. Cardinals gonna be tough. Okay. Again, Belichick, always tough to play against Belichick, especially in Foxborough, okay? Mm-hmm. But Minnesota, this is a winnable game, even though it is going to be a little bit more difficult than I think a lot of people are giving it credit for, especially no Greg Newsom this week. Mm. And if anyone knows Kevin Stefanski better than said it, Kevin Stefanski, it's Mike Zimmer, okay? Uh, Denver Broncos, Paper Tiger. I think they're a complete joke. I mm. think they're, like you just said, worst 3-0 and team of all time. So yeah. you, you uh, just yeah. think they're 3-0 and because they played the Giants, Jaguars, and Jets. Yes. What is their combined record? 0-9. Oh, 0-9, uh, and, oh and oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, so 0-9. Oh yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger's done, okay? Yeah, he's uh, toast. He has a noodle arm, yeah. okay? Poor guy. It, I feel bad for him. He's done. He should have called it quits after last season. Can I give it's, my most important stretch when you're done? Finish your thought. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, the Bengals. It's the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say my most important stretch. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Go ahead. Week 12 through week 17, okay? So Baltimore twice. Baltimore back-to-back. The team you said that was the Browns' biggest rival, by the way, so I'm using that against you. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, Green Bay Packers, and at Pittsburgh. I don't mm-hmm. care how bad the Steelers are, at Pittsburgh is going to be a tough game regardless. How yes. are you using that against me by saying both? Because you picked the stretch without the Ravens. I mm-hmm. picked one that has the Ravens twice. Back-to-back, back too. Home and home. Okay, and, the and other reason I'm saying as of right now, week 3 through 10 is our most important is because of something you talked about in an earlier show with Jarvis Landry being out. Okay. Okay, but I think they can weather the storm during this stretch. Yes. If they don't have Jarvis Landry for this stretch or OBJ or any key offensive player, they're screwed. Yes. It's over. And uh, I wish I would have cut you off and interrupted you because I had the same stretch of games <laughs> as my most important. And I think that especially coming, like like you said, we've got you know the, Bronco, the Broncos, the Bengals, and uh, Ben Roethlisberger that's in shambles. I think, you know, coming off of those three games, and then the Patriots and the Lions, we don't know too, you know, they don't look H- too great themselves. Hence why I did not include the Lions in that stretch. Sure. And I, I mean, the Patriots, I'm not too worried about that game either. But yeah, that back to back against Baltimore after coming off some weaker opponents is going to be a big test for this team. And I hope that we're healthy by that stretch because we're going to need to play our best football during that stretch because we've got the Raiders and the Packers right after the Ravens. So, and the Raiders are playing arguably the best football in the NFL right so now. So you think so. the Raiders are legit 3-0? I think the Raiders are legit 3-0. Compared to Denver, absolutely. Compa- yeah, yeah. So, okay, so we're talking about 
all the schedule and stuff. Mm-hmm. I brought this up a couple weeks ago. The Browns, I think they got screwed by the schedule makers because at Baltimore in Week 12, they're on Sunday Night Football. But when we host the Ravens here in mm-hmm. Week 14, somehow that's a 1 o'clock game. Here's the thing. I don't care. I do. Uh, number one. Number two, uh, you want the rowdiest, most entertaining and engaged fan base at home? You want the 1 o'clock game. You don't want the yeah. night game. You want the guys that got here at <laughs> 5 in the morning to still be awake. Yeah, at 8 o'clock, they're going to be passed out in their chairs. Nah, right. There's I've, a reason Stefanski asked us. Show up by, you know, by kickoff because we have a reputation. And if you give us all day to tailgate, it, we might not be there by the start of the first quarter. It I might just, not be in good condition. Okay, I just think specifically with that Baltimore game. Mm-hmm. That could be the game that possibly, possibly decides the division. And you're going to make that a 1 o'clock game? I'd rather have it be at 1 o'clock than 8 o'clock because I'll be up to watch the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. Josh, you're young. Us over 30s prefer the 1 o'clock stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying prime time makes the game feel bigger. At I, least, I get that. At least for me. I, I still prime time games early in the season. Late in the season, I don't care. Just give me the 1 o'clock that's getting over with. I, I got to do a recap. I got to do a podcast. I got to do all the other stuff. I, when you're covering the team on a very, like, hands-on basis, you want the 1 o'clock game. Yeah. yeah. The other thing, too, is, I mean, do we deserve it over Baltimore? I mean, look at the star power they have with, you know, Lamar Jackson. They've got the, you know, one of the reigning league MVPs. And, and they're a consistent franchise. And they're a consistent franchise. They've got a great head coach. Like, they've got things going for them. We just got here. We yeah, just true. arrived to the party. They, 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 and they earned it. Yeah, We've yeah. seen what happens when the NFL got a little bit too eager to give us a whole bunch of primetime games. We yes. laid an egg in all of them. We okay. laid an egg in every single one of them. That's a very now, good point. Now, next year, if you want to make a complaint about that, and the Browns are good again, and they, they do everything they're supposed to, mm-hmm. I'll hear you. But until then... Let's just let's pause. Yeah, Baker Mayfield is not the the draw that Lamar Jackson is. It's Speaking of Baker simple. Mayfield, I was here on some of the talk shows that you don't necessarily like. Uh, uh, we don't have to name names. Yeah, we're talking about the drunken bar arguments on national television. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Got it. Okay. But they were the question came up. Is Sam Darnold showing that the Browns should have drafted him number one overall over Baker Mayfield? No. No. Do you know who still fumbles a whole bunch? Sam Darnold. He's still, He's he still, still hasn't good. proven anything to me yet. Um, I don't know. I, I'm higher on Baker Mayfield than most of you guys are, though, so I do understand that I'm going to have a differing opinion here. <laughs> yeah, but you I, are. I don't think Sam Darnold's proven that he's that good yet. I think that he's shown some signs of life this year that maybe people had, like, written him off a little too soon. Uh, I think he has shown that, like, okay, yeah, he's got the talent to be a high draft pick. But It was also that he was with Adam Gase in the right, Jets. exactly. So, yeah, does he have the potential to maybe ultimately be a better quarterback? Yes. But at this point, would I rather have him than Baker? No. No, I wouldn't either. Yeah. And, you know, I would take Baker 100 times out of 100 before entertaining Sam Darnold once. Huh. Okay? I think Sam Donald stinks. I think he's a terrible quarterback. Maybe he turns into league average if things work out for him down in Carolina. But I think he's honestly just the second coming of Mark Sanchez. Mm. Really? Really? Uh, that's a bit of, that's a low bar. I, I, I said it when he got drafted. I said that he is Mark Sanchez 2.0. And up to this point, excluding the three games of this year, he has shown he is Mark Sanchez 2.0. Again, yeah. that's because he was with the Jets. 
I just think by now, if he was elite, we would know he's elite. He would at least show I'm something. I'm not saying that. Yes, he exactly. Like Matt Stafford in Detroit had a terrible situation for many years, but people watched him play and go, that guy can make every throw on the field. I'm you not know, saying. And he was getting eaten alive and not yeah. having great games, but like people still know that about him. Right. He's a guy. I'm not saying Darnold is now in and. Sorry, sometimes my no, you're fine. mouth gets ahead of my brain. <laughs> That's okay. You compare him to Kerry Collins. Uh, I would take Kerry Collins over Sam Darnold. What I meant to say is... I would take Kerry Collins now over Sam Darnold. <laughs> <laughs> what I meant to say is, obviously I'm not saying Sam Darnold is this new elite quarterback, but he's shown that he actually can play quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. But that's not what the question was. You know? Yeah. So number one between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, you still take Baker. If you open up the open up to the other field of quarterbacks in that in that draft, it's a different discussion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. But it, it's still a Mayfield over Darnold. Two two different styles of play between those two quarterbacks coming out of college too. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that Baker is definitely more of a pro style fit, and Sam Darnold is more like just throw everybody out wide and just. Just throw it every down yeah. type of player. We'll see how he is now that Christian McCaffrey, I think, is out week to week. Mm-hmm. Well, that should be uh, some problems for. Yeah, that's going to uh, be highly Carolina. problematic because he might be the best offensive player in the league right now. So. Yeah. And with that, it's time for the re- random Cleveland Athlete of the Week. And yes. Here's a hint it is a Cleveland Browns player. Okay. Oh, now that's a big hint. That means this week is going to be very hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that right. doesn't really help at all. All Wait, right. do we have to close the laptops? Uh, just don't Google. Uh, Integrity. Our <laughs> random Cleveland Brown was born on October 14th, 1982. Okay. In Villa Park, Illinois. Illinois. Is that the greater Chicago area? I don't know about Villa Park. Okay. Are we sure we're not uh, pronouncing it Illinois? It looks like it's close enough. Are we sure it's not Via Park? <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, he attended college at Iowa, and he was selected in the second round of the 2005 draft by the Miami Dolphins. Ooh, ooh, Iowa. So, second rounder, though? Second round. If it was a first rounder, I'd automatically go, okay, this is an O-lineman. But second round Iowa talent, could it could be a skill player. Could Keep be. going. I'm thinking running back of some sort. I'm going to tell you it's not a running back. Okay. Okay, it's, never it is mind. A, is a defensive player. D- oh, okay. Oh. The hints are getting bigger, which means this is not going to be easy. <laughs> okay. So, defensive player. Will Allen. It is not Will Allen because he never played for the Browns. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> Darn. Drafted by Miami. Iowa. Hmm. You said no laptop. Well, no Googling. No, yeah, no, you're, allowed to, you're allowed to have your laptop open. Just don't cheat. Yeah, yeah don't cheat. Don't cheat. Okay, so continuing. He played his first what, two five dads? seasons with the Miami Dolphins before ending up in Cleveland midway through his fifth season in the league. Watch, your dad's going to text you and be like, yep, I know who this player is. I, I still don't have an answer. He played six games in 2009 for Cleveland, accumulating four sacks. He played all 16 in 2010. He had three and a half before departing for Jacksonville in 2011, where he had three and a half and his career ended. His signature sack dance move was just a bicep flex, but not the best look when he had long sleeves on. Oh, Oh, that name. Long sleeve. 
Defensive end, outside linebacker type. Cameron Wake. Not Cameron Wake. He never played for the Browns. Randy <laughs> <laughs> Stark. Oh, man. This is that era. This was that time period of my life where I wasn't very present for much of anything. Yeah, <laughs> this is that time period where like I half, half paid attention to the Browns, but more just paid attention to general football. To, to repeat for my father who's listening, uh, random Cleveland Brown accumulated seven and a half sacks in twenty-two games. He was a defensive end, outside linebacker. His number in Cleveland was number fifty-three. Oh. He was a defensive lineman, oh. outside linebacker. He flexed his arms when he got a sack of the quarterback before he went to Jacksonville for one year, then disappeared entirely. No, not Carlos Dansby. He played for Arizona. Mm. Uh. So he got drafted to the Dolphins, then went to the Browns. Chirk, I'm Dolphins. surprised you didn't get this yet. Dolphins yeah. waived by the Dolphins, waived. claimed by the Browns, signed with the Jaguars in 2011. And then gone. Poof. Then Just gone. like that. Got Thanos snapped. Dang. I don't get the reference because, ooh, this might be. I I have never seen a Marvel movie. What? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> don't know if it's the best time to drop that, but it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Not. Marvel movie. it's not. Moving on. Anyways, I'll tell you who it is after the break. We're gonna go to a break for a couple minutes. Dang. I'll tell you who it is. Darn it. This is a tough one. is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's perfect. Allison, wait. Are you texting and driving? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Did you know that generic drugs are just as safe and effective as brand name drugs? Generics might look different, but they work the same way. And they can even save you money. Don't believe me? Ask your doctor or pharmacist. Or visit FDA.gov slash generic drugs. And we are back here on AllSportsCleveland.net live from two... Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel, and a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. You've never experienced anything like this before. From insight, to comedy, to whatever Chirk Berserk is doing, this is So What's the Catch on All Sports Cleveland. We are back here on So What's the Catch, and I know well, everyone listening, everyone in the room here is wondering who the random Cleveland Brown of the Week was... And his name is... Matt Roth. Matt Roth. Dang. Uh, <laughs> Matt Roth. Uh, Darn. Shout out to my buddy Matt Roth who passed away a couple years ago. That's Sorry strange. to hear that. Yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah, but so. anyhow, wow, I, I honestly don't, still don't really recognize the name. To be completely I, honest, yeah. I slightly that, remember just from Madden. Yeah, <laughs> two thousand ten. Right. Yeah, he, he was he was really good on the pass rushing in Madden. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At least it's not somebody like Chad Mustard. Oh. Uh, you're about to get like a deeper dive on more Chad Mustard types. Don't worry. I want <laughs> I want more like, like, let's go like '90s era, 
Oh, 90s I wouldn't era. get it. You want 90s era? 90s era Cleveland players. Because that get. was when I was real young and I was real into like all the names and everything. Okay. I wouldn't and get then anyone. When I hit, like, my teens. You're I not kinda... getting anyone now. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is a good 10 year window of my life where I didn't watch much sports. Uh, yeah. It's crazy because it's the thing I love the most. In the yeah. Life, but uh, <laughs> that's the way the cookie crumbled for me. So, yeah, that, 10, 000, that 2010 period, anytime something comes up from then, I'm like, ah, oh, shoot. <laughs> I'm out. I know what you mean. Yeah. So, you want to get into a little combat sports? Let's do it. All right. So, we had UFC 266 over the weekend. We sure did. What do you think? Um, I enjoyed UFC 266. I think a lot of it went how we thought it would go. Um, the most interesting fight of the night to me was the Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler fight. I really enjoyed that fight. Um, and I... I gotta say, the, the Curtis Blades and Rosenstrike fight really shocked me. I fully anticipated Rosenstrike to win that um, by knockout, and it, he ended up losing by decision to Curtis yeah. Blades. So I that do was like a big it, shock to me. But I everything do. else was kind of vanilla. It was it went how we thought it would. <laughs> the Volkanovski Ortega fight did not go the way I thought it would. That's right. You were leaning a little more in I, Ortega's corner. Yeah. You? Okay. But Volkanovski, dude, is one tough mf'er. Yeah, he's got a. I mean. One of the those jaws. It's just like he could stand there and just take a beating, and it's like he just is relentless. He never stops yeah, moving forward. But it was also like, I th- what he was putting like two submissions. Yeah, yeah. Um, that there, I don't know. That you can't say enough good things about Volkanovski and how he's fighting right now. Yeah, it's unfortunate for Brian Ortega because he's had to fight just a couple of monsters in his past couple fights you know they, yeah he, he's lost to two guys that are ultimately going to be ufc hall of famers oh so yeah I, I don't think there's any shame in, in brian ortega's performance but um, he'll be a champion one day i think i i think i think so too he's young um, yeah i'm just the one thing i'm wondering with him he seems to be a tall a big guy for featherweight maybe he should consider moving up to lightweight uh, i have thought the same thing i think that the cut at featherweight for him is difficult and i think that lightweight might be a better fit for him yeah i think he could do some serious damage there i think that maybe his, even welterweight yeah i think that his his main concern is that his striking just isn't up to up to snuff but i think that that's something with the right coach and the right diet like i think that i really do think that division yeah. could be a nice fit for him yeah and um there, who's left for Valentina Shevchenko? That there's nobody left. Nunez. Yeah, that's she's got it. She's just got to fight Nunez. I didn't want to see that fight again, yet, but I mean now it's like it's getting to the point with Valentina Shevchenko where it's just a given that she's going to win by KO or the, TKO. The only thing I can think of is if like, let's say Rose Namajunas beats Zhang Weili in their rematch. And then Rose Namajunas is able to clear out a bunch of the contenders at strawweight. Mm-hmm. Maybe you do a champion versus champion fight. That would be an awesome matchup. I, I like that a lot. Um, that's the only other matchup I can think of. Rose has the star power too. You know, that's one that'll actually draw. Um, I would really like that matchup. I'd be interested to see that happen. Yeah, I think that's that's the only fight to make at this point, other than against Nunes. Did anything shock you? The biggest shock to me was the Curtis Blades fight. I. I I really thought Rosenstrike was on. Yeah. He was on an ascent to the heavyweight I th- title. I think I, he's still a little too raw. That's a good word for it. Yeah. That, that performance was very raw. Yeah. I, I can agree with you there. I think he kind of has a little bit in, like, kind of like Nganu has. Yeah, Nganu. 
When he faced Stipe the first time, he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. He had dynamite power, but he just did not. Yeah, have, he Stipe didn't have was like, to, okay, I'm just gonna take you down, and you are gonna have to ride me. That's or I'm. T- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anywho. Phrasing. Phrasing. Yeah. But major phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. That's okay though. But going going back to that point about Engano, you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. It, very raw. That's a good way to describe it. But that that second fight, Ngannou came back and showed that, like, okay, a big he. Because to be honest, after that first fight with Stipe, I thought Ngannou might be done. I I really thought that it, it exposed him in a big way. But the way that he bounced back and he's you know won against some better fighters since then, I think that that shows that Rosen strike that there's hope. You know. Yeah. So I'm hoping that he has a bounce back like Ngannou had because I still think that there's a chance that he could be a heavyweight champion. That was quite the entrance. Yeah. Welcome. Uh, everything that Josh has said so far, I disagree with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty much caught up. Uh, yeah. You're pretty much right in line with how the show's gone yeah, so that's far. About it. Uh, by the way, just. Since you were gone, uh, just so you know, Brandon Cleveland Brown. No, no, that's a devil woman. Brandon uh, <laughs> Cleveland Brown of the week was Matt Ross. Oh, we already did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I wouldn't have got that anyways. <laughs> yeah. Who, what, what position heard, was he? Defensive end, outside linebacker. Oh yeah, I didn't know. Twenty ten. I had no chance. I mean, that's that's a year I would have known, but not that position. Mm. So, I sent you this video, but. Uh, Jorge Masvidal gave Chris Jericho a running knee. But where was this during the AEW? Yeah, AEW. Okay, okay so I he hit him with a with a fake running knee. No, it was a real running knee. Okay, so a real fake running knee, or a, <laughs> <laughs> because it was during ver- AEW. How is it that. fake? Is it detachable? <laughs> no, my point being is that Jorge Masvidal real fights in the UFC, whereas Chris Jericho has scripted fights. So my question is, was this a real beef where he actually like kicked him and it was like a little off script? Or was this just kind of yeah. the role that he's playing? Hard to, to play? tell. Hard to tell? Yeah, hard to tell. I, I can understand that with a guy like Masvidal and Jericho. Like yeah. Those two, it, like, I it could was see insane. It being, that's the reason I asked, because I could see that being real. It was I could insane. see one of them snapping like, and actually American, doing that. Like Dan Lambert from American Top Team shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, Andre Arlovsky, Junior Dos Santos, Paige Van Zant, they all got in the ring after the match. Along with Masvidal, and they put a beat down on Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. So, so does the, does the AEW essentially have like a UFC division now? Like, cause <laughs> it, no, and I'm not like being facetious. I think it would be brilliant for them to pair, yeah. you know, to team with the UFC and yeah, as they, fighters retire, I'm, you know, yeah, I would like that. The, these I mean, as entertainers. There was they AEW actually did a match like inside an octagon. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I yeah. think that it would be really wise for them to. To try to attract some of these mm-hmm. UFC fighters because it, it worked for WWE. Look at Ronda Rousey. You know she had. I don't know how long lived it was, but did she not have a really good yeah, career she, in the she WWE? Did. She, from what I understand, every one of her pay per views was huge. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Um, speaking of pay per views, UFC 267 is the co-main event is not going to be for the bantamweight championship. It's going to be for the interim bantamweight title. Okay. As Aljamain Sterling pulled out mm-hmm. of that fight, 
again crazy. So, yeah, so so give us the new matchup. Who who's taking the place? Corey Sanhagen is stepping in. So Corey Sanhagen is fighting against Jan. Okay. Um, the weird part is that in his last fight against T.J. Dillashaw at, mm-hmm. in UFC Fight Night, Sanhagen lost. Mm-hmm. But here's why Dillashaw isn't getting that title shot. It's because he's injured. Right. Well, Dillashaw also had the the substance abuse yeah. issues as well in the past, so he's kind of had that tainted image. So that would have been a huge fight for him. I yeah. think he's got to be. Like, He'll be first in line when it, when that when he's back. I think. I think I agree. He's good enough, but you have to wonder how much of that was enhanced. You know how much of it yeah. was because of his. You know, illegal activities. Right. Right. And then you watched a pretty big boxing pay-per-view over the weekend, didn't you? Yes. We uh, shout out to our other co-host, AJ. AJ and I called the Usyk upset against Anthony Joshua. Neither one of us was really too impressed with Joshua in his last couple fights. And it it just seemed seemed like a trap fight for Joshua, you know. And and I think that Joshua went into that fight thinking – this is going to be a warm-up fight for me, and then I'm going to fight the winner of Fury and um, Wilder. And Wilder, right? I think yeah. that that was the plan, and I think he went in and he wasn't prepared, and he didn't look prepared. He didn't. Usyk, you're right. Usyk was he had much higher output all night long. Usyk was connecting on more power punches. Joshua, like you said earlier, just short jabs and yeah, it was. He I almost looked in disinterested and, in there. Yeah, I watched the highlights, mm-hmm. and I'm just like watching AJ. And I'm like, dude, you're just delivering short shots, short jabs, and you're not following it up with anything. Yeah, it, it, it's just, it goes to show, like, with these, and th- this is no offense to anyone who's British or from the UK, but with these UK fighters, like, they become these such immense superstars, and they want them, t- they want to elevate them into this position of whatever, you know, it's huge there. And I think guys like Joshua, like, get, they've, falsely get pumped up by that hype you know what yeah. I mean and he's just like such an icon over there and I think that he was exposed you know and yeah. I think that it's been coming for a while his last couple fights have been close yeah and I don't th- I think this means the Fury Joshua fight that we all want I isn't think it's happen- off the table at least for now but I think Usyk showed us enough to show that that'll be a good fight you know yeah I think it will be a good fight with you- Usyk you think Usyk gets will fit automatically face the winner, or does Joshua get the rematch? Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where Joshua goes from here. I wouldn't be surprised to see Joshua take a fight against a lesser opponent just to get back into the swing of things. And, and when Joshua lost his fu- title to Ruiz, didn't Ruiz give him the automatic rematch? He did. That was worked into the contract before the fight, though. So that was always going to be a oh. rematch. Yeah, this, okay. this there, one wasn't. That was not worked no, into the contract. No, not at all. I don't. Gotcha. I, and that's that just, again, goes to show that they didn't think Gusick even had it a chance, you know? Because mm-hmm. if they thought he had a chance, that would have been wrote into the contract. He's yeah. going to want a rematch, and it wasn't. So, yeah, I think that, that that fight's off the table. I don't think we see Joshua fight Fury or Wilder for a while, uh, at least not in the next year or two. I don't know. I just I don't see it happening now. Yeah. And with that, we got to head to a commercial break. 
take us off into commercial land, Vanilla Chinchilla. <laughs> Question, what will you find on all over-the-counter or OTC medicine packages to help you choose the right drug and use it safely? The answer, the drug facts label. This label lists the medicine's active ingredients and purpose, how much to take, and warnings you should know before using it. Remember, even OTC medicines you buy without a prescription can cause side effects you don't want. So follow the information listed on the drug facts label. For more information, visit FDA.gov slash drug facts label. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. At risk of losing your home in a foreclosure, we can help. We'll deal with your bank, reduce your payments, lower your principal, improve your credit rating. We'll buy you a pony, give you the ability to fly. We'll let you pilot a blimp. We'll bring your childhood cat back from the dead. We'll name a comet after you. We'll let you ride a unicorn. We'll carve your name into the moon with lasers. We'll arrange a meet and greet with Santa Claus. We'll give you a treat. If you're facing foreclosure, there are a lot of companies promising to help you. All of the information can be really confusing. But who should you trust? The Hope Hotline. The Hope Hotline is a free resource connecting you with HUD-approved housing counseling agencies available 24 hours a day who understand your situation. Since 2007, they've helped over 5 million people get the clarity and information they need. Call the Hope Hotline at 888-995-HOPE. That's 888-995-4673. Brought to you by NeighborWorks America and the Ad Council. under so much pressure that they might just get cooked and who's under the least amount of pressure it's time to find out with the pressure scale here on so what's the catch on all sports cleveland we are back here on so what's the catch and as you could tell in a little bit of intro music it's pressure scale time yes it is so I intentionally chose AFC East coaches and NFC co- NFC East coaches mm-hmm. because we got Brady against Belichick this week. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. let's do the AFC East and NFC South. All right. So you want to start with the AFC East or NFC South? Let's start with the AFC. Alphabetical. Okay. So number four, Robert Sala. The Jets suck. Mm. So. Let's just be frank. They do. <laughs> okay. Let's just be frank. I'm interested to see where you go from here. But yes. Continue. Okay. Number three, I'm going to say Belichick. Okay. Number two is going to be Flores. And number one, Doug McDermott. Really? Yes. Explain. Please. So. Because I'm perplexed. <laughs> I can tell. By everything. <laughs> and the reason is because... Buffalo was so successful last season with their run to winning the division, beating Baltimore in the divisional round, beating the Colts in the wild card. Mm-hmm. I just want to see if he's able to keep his um, keep that team composed and keep their hunger up to want to do more. Mm. So I want to see. That's why I. Why did I call him Doug McDermott? I meant Sean McDermott. <laughs> that, that's Doug Shawnee McBuckets. McBuckets. Yeah. <laughs> McBuckets. I love that. But dude. what I meant, but it's just like, I want to see if he can keep the composure up and, like, not let this team get, you know, 
fool themselves, if you will. Sure. Okay. Interesting. James, okay. how about for, you? Let's hear your all, order. Number four from now to eternity is Bill Belichick, okay? The man's going to have no pressure ever. He is the best coach of all time. He's got six Super Bowls. He can retire on his own terms. They're not going to fire him. Mm-hmm. Okay. No okay. pressure now or ever. Uh, as far as number three goes, that would be McDermott for me. Okay? McDermott is three. I will say mm, Flores is two and Salah's one. He's in New York. Mm-hmm. Mm. New York changes everything. Okay? And, and Flores, uh, the Dolphins are fine, but... You just don't know what's going to go on Miami. They, you never figure out if they're, where they're going direction-wise. The only yeah. thing is kind of lost. Yeah, I get that. But Salo's in New York, so it's it's amplified. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think that um, Belichick, yeah, when you said he's under absolutely no pressure, I think that that's absolutely 100% true for this season. Like, He's won six rings. Like that, they're not making that guy go anywhere anytime soon. Even if they went zero and seventeen this year, yes, yeah, they're not going to do. Wait, yeah. I disagree on that. I'll tell you why. But you go ahead. Got well, actually, that's really the only like because that's the only coach I honestly really know out of this division. Yeah, yeah. I was so gonna I'm not going like, to lie and be like, oh, this coach, this. But I can tell you with Bill Belichick, I do feel like he's under some pressure this year. Um, not so much from the team, but from himself. Just in okay. the sense that I think he's going to want to prove that he can be great without Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And it hasn't looked that way since Tom Brady left. I'd say Flores is under, like, uh, I put him at second most pressure just because I think that a lot of people thought that Dolphins were in win-now mode and, like, that they were, like, a piece or two away. I don't know that they're that's... They're a the, lot more. Than that. Yeah, yeah, they are. I think that we've learned that already this early in the season. But at the start of the year, there was some noise about them, you know, potentially being a wild-card team. And I don't think that that's going to happen. So I, I think that, you know, if they have a bad year, that he's going to be on the hot seat. So I, I would put him second. And then first, I'm just going to say McDermott, just because of all the pressure around the Bills, too. I, I like that pick from you. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, the pressure's there. It's coming from, you know, internally, and it's all because of their own success. So it's all good things. Right. But, but it just the nature of that team and how crazy that city is for them. Like, it, they have that thirst for a championship like Cleveland has. You know what right. I mean? So, like, I, I think he's under a lot of pressure because they, they want to win. They yeah. want to win so bad, so desperately. Right. So. And they have a team that's capable of possibly maybe not winning the Super Bowl, but at least I would say they're in contention to be in the Super Bowl. So, 100%. I got the. I got my Berserk out of his list. Let's All right, it. let's hear it. Give me the Berserk list. All right. At, this is from uh, least to most. Yeah. Le- least or to most however pressure. you want to do it. Yeah. Uh, at four, I would put in McDermott. Okay. okay. Number three, Belichick. Okay. Okay. Followed by... Uh, um, Sala? Sala and McDermott. No, Flores. Remember, Sala and Flores. Flores and Sala has the most pressure. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm already regretting putting Salah that low on the list. I, I, just being in New York, it's the, it the media. Yeah. It does. When you're in, if you're in New York or L.A., it changes absolutely yeah. everything. All right, I'll, That's just, I'll flip Belichick, and put Belichick at four and put Salah at three. I don't know why you never four to get with. Yeah. Yeah, that was not – yeah. Unless you're coming from – I, I get what James is saying, too, that, you know, the pressure from – his own success and, and wanting to win and what have you. But Jeremy, yeah, not James. That was Kramer. Sorry. Yeah, that was Kramer Jeremy that said Kramer. that, not you. 
Kramer. Not James. Not James. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> All right, so what about NFC South? Oh, this one's easy. Is it? Take yeah, it away, then. It's easy. All right, go. Four, Bruce Arians. Three, Sean Payton. Two, Matt Rule. One, Arthur Smith. The Falcons look like crap. They look like they were supposed to be a team actually supposed to turn things around, and they are terrible. Bruce Arians, he won a Super Bowl. He's got Tom Brady. There's no pressure there. They're going to do all the work for him. He's going to do anything. Sean Payton, he's had tons of success in New Orleans, and he's got less pressure on him to be successful than the Panthers do. So, done. Okay. Nice and quick. Nice and quick. All right, we're doing ready golf. Who has their list ready? Ready golf. Ready golf. Tee off. All right. I got Matt Rule number one because of their 3-0 start, so I want to see if they can sustain it. Okay. Number two, I got Sean Payton. <laughs> number th- number three, I got Arthur Smith. And number four, Bruce Arians. Okay. Because I agree with you about Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't really have anything to differentiate my list from yours, so you can just pass right over me. I agree. Okay. You got it. Okay. Chirk? Um, I would have to say uh, at number uh, – Number one for most pressure. Yep. To least. Uh, say the Falcons coach. Arthur Smith. Arthur, Arthur Smith. Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Followed by uh, uh, Peyton. I would say followed by uh, Matt Rule, Peyton, then uh, Arians. Okay. Okay. So you guys are giving him, because he won the Super Bowl last year and he has Tom Brady at quarterback, you just you, you think that there's no pressure at all. Correct. Okay. I, I don't think that the pressure is, is there just because. Right. Bruce Arians is already a good coach. Yeah. They just won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady's amazing. I, I, I mean, how much more do you want? Yeah. yeah. Well, what that's, what's, that's what makes the pressure skill segment interesting. Tom Brady to the Browns? Know? Yeah. Did you really just say Tom Brady to the Browns? Yes. I'm I mean, just going to pretend I didn't hear that. Uh, are you going to say you wouldn't take yeah. Brady on the Browns? Because I yeah, would, that's what he just said. Uh, I would seven days a week and twice on Sunday. At this <laughs> at this juncture, you're going to say no? I would still take him now. I'd have to think about it, but... Considering the Browns' contention window, how long they're going to have their skill position players, how questionable the defense is. Actually, yeah, now that okay. you're saying it like yeah. that. Okay, well, welcome to the trolley. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's the trolley? It's the trolley now. You were going to get run over by that one because everybody's yeah. on that trolley right now. <laughs> so, we got a couple more minutes, which means, luckily for me, I discovered another random Cleveland Brown of the week. Yes. Right. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. Didn't go with the 90s guy, sorry. That's okay. Uh, <clears throat> This player was born on July 26, 1985. 85. He played college football at Jackson State. He was born in Adrian, Michigan. During his playing days, he was 6'4", 256 pounds. Hmm. Hmm. That's your state, man. Hmm. Yeah, but he played at Jackson State. Desmond Bryant. And he was born in... It is not Desmond Bryant. He was born in 19... 19... 1985. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bowling for soup? Yes, yeah, it's yeah. a little bowling for soup. Thank you. He played for the Cleveland Browns from 2009 to 2011, accumulating Maha- a career high seven and a half sacks in 2010. Okay, mm. so it's not Muhammad Masqua. No. No. He only played four games for the Browns in 2011 before playing his final two years in the NFL with the Arizona Cardinals, where he accumulated three and a half sacks during that time. He was also a member of the 
New England Patriots practice squad in 2013 for Northern Arizona. Mm. 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 Dan- Carlos Dansby came from Arizona, so it's not him. Mm. Yes, he was a undrafted player. Undrafted. In 2009, he was signed to the Brown practice squad. Mm. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. And a- elevated the active roster in November 2009. I'm stumped. I got nothing. Not Turk. a clue. Is Molly nothing? Kitchen? Huh? Is Molly Kitchen? It is not Kitchen. Hmm. What was the first name? Molly Kitchen? The Ishmaeli Kitchen. Oh, that's yeah. it's, never, never been. It's a very difficult name that I have to like look at it. I don't have in front of me right now. Nothing? Um, not a nothing. Dang. Number 58. Number 58. Oh, okay. Yeah. 2009, 2011. Not at all. Trusnick. Trusnick. It is not Jason Trusnick. That was not a bad guess. That was though. a good guess, yeah. yeah we're, in the, we're in the right realm of caliber of player here. But from 2009 to 2011, number 58 for your Cleveland Browns accumulating 11 and a half sacks during that time, Marcus Bernard. Marcus Bernard. Oh. Good old MB. Yeah. Marcus <laughs> That name actually the sounds... wide receiver than... The... What'd you say? I remember the wide receiver, Marcus... Uh, wait, was that Marcus Bernard or Marcus Robinson? That'd be Robinson. Robinson. Yeah, that'd be Are Robinson. Are you thinking of Giovanni Bernard? Giovanni He's a running back. Right. Yeah. yeah, he plays for the Buccaneers now. As does Richard Sherman, because he signed with the Bucks. Yeah, how about Giovanni Bernard's a better running back than Leonard Fournette right now? That makes no sense to me. No, it doesn't. It's a fact. That's just how it goes sometimes in the NFL. It be like that. It's yes. the men's league. Oh, uh, by the way, make that uh, my dad 0 for 2 on today's Random Cleveland Athletes of the Week. Dang. Oh. He's usually the first one to get it, too. Yeah, he's 0 for 2 on Matt Roth and Marcus Bernard. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better about not getting them. Yeah, okay. same. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. That does get, offer some respite. <laughs> so we got to go to commercial, so take us out, Vanilla Chinchilla. Honorary Forest Ranger Betty White here, lending a hand to my dear friend Smokey Bear. Because for 75 years, he's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But there's a lot more to say. Like, if you park your car on tall, dry grass, the hot exhaust pipe can start a wildfire. So be careful out there. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the ad comes. This is Namdi Asamoah. I play football for the Philadelphia Eagles, but what I do off the field with United Way might be more important. I'm a volunteer tutor and mentor. Why? Because over a million kids a year drop out of school, and that's not okay. It takes 12 years to create a graduate, but it takes about the same time to create a dropout. And the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be me, or it could be you. Studies show that if we get to these kids earlier, their chances are better. And kids who read well by third grade are more likely to graduate. So join me in United Way. Suit up and take the pledge. Become a volunteer reader, tutor, or mentor. Because when a child succeeds, we all succeed. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way, the Ad Council, and the National Football League. Hey, it's Church the Berserker. You're in the Berserk box being a hard worker. We got James. Guess what? He knows all the names. Just sit back and relax. 
We got Unger to the max. This show will never get any lamer, because you can't find anybody as entertaining as Kramer. Now, AJ, he is the true fighter. You'll never meet anybody who is a better writer. In this show, you don't have to worry about Ryan, because we got a champ, and his name is Brian. Join us every Wednesday at 2 for authentic personalities, because you know, I will just be dishing out is just the realities. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our safety. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Hour two on So What's the Catch is when things get weird. Here on All Sports Clean. It's hour two. Things are getting weird. We so weird that we berserker. had a bumper as a commercial. Then we had the bumper into this. And then we unfortunately had to... Hey, hey I'm just mixing and matching the bumpers. Yeah. I will never get sick of that bumper. Yeah, I, really I don't care. I, that's yeah, why that's we call... fun one, man. That fun. one in the... Your, that, your funk one's also really Yeah. Funk one, yeah. That's why we call you the vanilla chinchilla. Uh, I'm just Chirk the Berserker. Chirk the Berserk? All right. Here. Well, unfortunately, work. to start out. Busting <laughs> 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 up the lines from what we just heard. Oh, man. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, just... we had to say goodbye to uh, Brian as he goes down to the Dave Matthews Band concert tonight. And I'm sure if he pays attention really closely, he'll run into Cleveland Twitter legend Chris McNeil, a.k.a. Reflog underscore 18, huge Dave Matthews Band fan. Yes. So he'll probably be there as well. And you said goodbye. I said bad bye. <laughs> How about just might seem crazy, but it ain't no lie, baby. Bye. <laughs> what is your deal today? This is the second song you have busted out on air. Yeah, so that's 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 one question. Two, that, you were like what two when that song came out? That <laughs> two. <laughs> I was at least in middle school. Okay? <laughs> What's your point? I'm not allowed to bust out that type of song. You can do whatever you want, man. I mean, you can do it. I, okay, I, then. You're the one who's putting your own singing voice out in the airways for everyone to hear. So that's 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 your own business. I'll have you know that I have been in like 11 or 12 musicals. Thank you very much. Were, were they singing yeah. parts? Yes. <laughs> I, I no comment. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Welcome to the Bizarro Hour. Um, so we're starting off this segment. We have some women joining the broadcast booth as ESPN will have an all-female uh, MLB broadcast. Actually, tonight, Jessica Mendoza and Melanie Newman are going to call ESPN's first all-female MLB broadcast. It's going to be the Yankees against the Blue Jays. Any thoughts? Uh, I'm a big Jessica Mendoza fan, so this is going to be an interesting uh, broadcast. I think he's Blue Jays. That's a good matchup, honestly, uh, for both of them to call, too. It's going to be a, a lot of wild card implications for the American League. Uh, Blue Jays still involved in the mix. You know, Yankees still holding out of the top spot for now. But having these two call a game that's important is not only uh, just a good step in the right direction for having a, a female broadcaster, but they're calling a game of consequence. Yeah. And then the Philadelphia 76ers, 
they've hired Kate Scott to be their new TV play-by-play broadcast announcer following the footsteps of the Milwaukee Bucks, who uh, they... I forget the, the Bucks commentator's name off the top of my head. I will look that up. But Scott will be the first woman in Philadelphia sports history to call games full-time for any of the four major sports teams. And she's the second woman to be... Lisa Byington, I think is how you say it. Yeah, it's Byington. Okay. So there you go. All right. I mean, that's just, I mean, things are taking a step in the right direction. Having uh, women in the broadcast booth, women calling games, that's that's fantastic. The Jessica girl from the the first broadcast, how how did you say you know her? ESPN. Oh, she's from ESPN. Gotcha, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've never heard that name off the top of my head. She does a lot of baseball stuff, so she's been on, like, the Baseball Tonight podcast. Those are old names quite often. Yeah, she's been on Sunday Night Baseball and stuff in the past. Yeah, it's great to see. I mean, there's the women have always kind of been on the fringe of sports broadcasting. You always see them, you know, on the sidelines or whatever. So it's cool to see them making their way into the front booth. Yeah. And, and you know, on a a national broadcast like ESPN, too. So that's, that's that's really important. It or, is. Uh, Thumbs up, NFL. Major League Baseball. Ma- yeah. No, major League <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what sport we're talking about at this point. Major League Baseball, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> as we said, this is the hour where things get weird, as one of my rubber bands just snapped. All right. Uh, <laughs> definitely off to a strong start. I know, too. right? All right, so you had a question here. Uh, Sports with the best rivalries. Yeah. Which sport has the best rivalry? Rivalries, I should say. Which sport has the best rivalries? Yes. I would have to say, just real quick, my gut answer is football. Okay. But, like I said, that's real quick. Like, the more I think about it, man, there is there's a lot of storylines in baseball. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure, man. What, what do you so, all think? So my opinion, and it kind of intertwines with your next question, is that it depends on the city and the sport. It's not one exclusive to one sport, exclusive to one city. Because you think Red Sox-Yankees, that's a great rivalry. Yeah, but definitely. Patriots-Giants, I mean, yeah, they meant the Copa Super Bowls, but that's not really a rivalry. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you look at, at baseball, uh, Cubs-Cardinals is a good rivalry. Uh, Dodgers-Giants is another good one. Uh, even when they do meet in the World Series every once in a while, Dodgers-Yankees is a good rival because it's the two big market clubs with all the most money. I feel like there's a lot of rivalries, too, where um, they're only pertinent to the people who are fans of the teams involved. Yeah. Uh, example being, you know, obviously the Browns and Steelers, that for the longest time, that was really only important to us Yeah. Uh, because nobody else cared. We weren't, we weren't competitive. And for people paying attention to AFC North, it was Steelers-Ravens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And for the, yeah. Um, but... So for me, like a really good uh, rivalry is one that still has in, uh, some kind of like uh, title or something riding on it. Okay. Implications. That's the yeah. word I was, I was searching for. There some kind go. of implication. I know what you meant. Okay, for me, it's got to be hockey because I just feel like they meet so, especially if it's a division rival, you meet at least four or five times a year in hockey. So, like, for me, when the Bru- Boston Bruins meet the Montreal Canadiens, when I don't have my braces on, I'm like, where's my popcorn? I'm going down and watch, going down into my man cave, and I'm watching this game. 
or when the Philadelphia Flyers meet the Pittsburgh Penguins. For me, rivalries in hockey just give me that extra fire. I mean, just real quick off the top of my head, uh, how many times the Yankees and Red Sox play each other? A ton, I know. That was my thought, too, as soon as you uh, said. uh, 19 times. 19 times. Okay. I'm not trying to diminish the rivalries in any other sport. And and that's only really considering stuff domestically, because if you include stuff uh, internationally, such as soccer, okay, they have rivalries in the same city. Manchester United and Man City. Yeah. So, well, the point being that you said that only hockey has that, and, and we're saying there's other uh, sports. Yeah, you know I, I, mean? so I didn't mean to say it as like only hockey has it, but for me, hockey comes to mind first. Because the first thing that comes to mind for me, honestly, like I said, football, but the more I thought about it, baseball with those 162 games, you have just a lot more chances for storylines and rivalries to build up. And yeah. you've got two teams that really don't like each other, and they, are, they tend to get into fights. Yeah, it's fantastic. It, is yeah, great. I mean hockey's cool, like because yeah, in the rivalry you're gonna have a lot of fights, a lot of action. I guess, I guess. that's my understanding of hockey. Yeah, um, and like baseball, yeah, there's some big brawls, but they're gonna get broken up a lot quicker. It does seem like that, like or if there's a benches clearing situation in baseball, it's like the teams clear their dugouts and stuff, and then they just stand there. Shark, what do you think? I don't think your, your microphone's on. Yeah, your on, mic's buddy. not on. Nice. It was saying Spaceball or Baseball. Spaceball. Not <laughs> That's a great movie. Shout out to Rick Moranis. Okay. Spaceballs, and, uh, the flamethrower. And uh, rest in peace, John Candy. But anyways. Uh, Is that a 20-year-old uh, rest in peace that we just drank? I mean, yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, no, I was just saying that um, ba- baseball, like, I just never really – got into too much as a kid mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know just uh, I mean I'm like learning every like new things like listening to the show yeah so you know baseball's a big one soccer's a big one too uh, you, you think about over in Spain they have a little classy uh between uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid yeah okay which that rivalry was better when Ronaldo and Messi were part it's of it it's still going to be a big rivalry the two biggest clubs in Spain but uh, college football, the last game of the year is generally the rivalry game for every school. The Iron and, Bowl. You know, the game between Michigan and Ohio State. Is okay. that really a rivalry, though? That yeah. falls under the same book as what I was saying earlier yeah. with the, the Steelers and the uh, Browns. It's a rivalry that's important to the people who are on either side of it. I want Steelers-Browns to be a rivalry again, and I feel like the Coles are there to reignite it. But I just feel like... I need to see a bit more from the Browns to see if they can sustain this. And I want to see that, like, oh, Browns-Steelers, like, playoff positioning is on the line. You know what? I don't want uh, a real rivalry with any team in our division because we got curb stopped for 20 years. I think it's our turn to do the curb stopping in the division. I want the Steelers and Ravens to be absolutely dreadful and the Browns to destroy them every single time we play them. Fair enough. That's in a perfect world, definitely. Because that's what happened to us for two decades. It's time to return the favor. I want them to be terrible. I want them to suck. I don't want it to be a rivalry. I want them to be automatic W's you check off on your on your season schedule like they used to do with the Browns every year. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I get that. What are some other rivalries that uh, interest you? Chicago Blackhawks against the St. Louis Blues. The Cavs versus the Warriors. That was only for four years, though. Yeah, and that got so anymore. played out. Yeah. Not a thing anymore. 
Yeah. I mean, if you want to go basketball, Lakers-Celtics makes a lot more sense. Yeah, Lakers-Celtics. I guess that's what I was fishing for, is like, what are some of the rivalries in basketball, really? It's it's pretty much Lakers-Celtics in um, Lakers. the Cavs versus relevancy. <laughs> um, Fair enough. Um, so that, That's really it. It's not really anything... Uh, Tuesday I was Nick er, Sixers, Nick Celtics. Yeah. This last Friday I was at the Q working a concert and I'm down there looking Romo up Romo Fijo, Romo Fijo Q, whatever. <laughs> and I'm looking up and I, I'm looking at like the jerseys they got hanging now for the current players and it's like, <laughs> wow, none of these dudes are anybody. Mm-hmm. Like you have Zadrinus Elgowski. Yep. I mean, there's just a huge gap in between retired jerseys for the Cavs, okay? So, uh, prior to, to Big Z, it's like, what, Mark Price? Yeah, Brad Doherty. It's that, it's that group from the 80s. Then you'll have some guys from this recent group, obviously LeBron. Uh, there's an argument about Kyrie, an argument. There's an argument for Tristan Thompson. There's an argument for Kevin Love, okay? But LeBron's obviously a slam dunk. Yeah, 100%. But there's huge gaps. You look at other franchises, they don't have gaps this long for retired jerseys. Even the Pistons, who have been kind of bad, just about all the same like ups and downs of the Cavs, at least they have guys relevant enough to have their jersey retired. We get an Andre Miller jersey retired? Oh, God. If Andre Miller gets his jersey retired, you might as well retire the jersey for Sasha Cowan as well. But anyways, uh, with that, we got to head to a break. we got we got college football up next. And you know what? Everybody loves talking college football. My dad came to live with us last month, and you know, it's going pretty well. I feel like I never have time for myself. With him being around more, it really lets us catch up on things. His memory isn't what it used to be. We get up and we have coffee. He usually wakes up at 4.30. Then we go for a walk. He needs lots of my attention. I do need to keep an eye on his medications, though. That's important. Sometimes I feel like a pharmacist. I'd say John and the kids are adjusting pretty well. They honestly have no idea what I'm going through. It can be a little challenging. Help, but so far, so good. I could really use just a little help. For those dealing with the daily struggles of caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community with experts and other caregivers for advice, tips, and support. Together, let's help each other better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hello, and welcome to today's lottery drawing. Good luck. And here's today's winning numbers. First one up, it's not yours. Second one, not yours. And another number that's not yours. Okay, this is one number that's yours. It's a five, but you don't get any money for that. And the final number is not yours. Yep, so chances are you're not going to hit the lottery anytime soon. Don't get us wrong. The lottery can be fun every now and then. Just please don't rely on it for your future savings. How about this? Brew your own coffee at home instead of buying that latte every day. Brown bag it to work instead of ordering in. Ride your bike instead of buying all that gas. These changes alone can save you thousands a year. Thousands. Small changes today, big bucks tomorrow. Feed that piggy bank. Go to feedthepig.org for more free ideas on how to save. Feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. 
Packers. Vikings. Red State. Blue State. We come from different places. Uptown. Downtown. We come to different conclusions. Half empty. Half full. But no matter how different we are, we're all connected, and we can all make a difference. That's why United Way brings people, expertise, and resources together to improve the education, income, and health of our communities, the building blocks for a better life. When we live united, our efforts, magnified by others, add up to real change. Children succeed in school, families gain financial stability, the health of our neighbors improves, and suddenly, so do our communities. But real change won't happen without you. Live Live united. United. So let's look beyond our differences. Live Live United. United. One by one, let's make a difference. Let's reach out a hand to one and influence the condition of all. (laughs) Live United. Give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Sign up today at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. We feel a lot like Rodney Dangerfield because Cleveland gets no respect. Oh, well, welcome back to So What's the Catch? Anyways, we are back here on So What's the Catch? And we're starting off this, uh, we got two back-to-back sections of more football. We're starting with college football right here. There's some huge games this weekend, right? Yeah. Let's kick it off. We got College Game Day. Where are they they at this week? They're going to Athens, Georgia, because it's going to be the number eight Arkansas Razorbacks at the number two Georgia Bulldogs. And you know what? Uh, I usually don't watch games that don't involve the Ohio State, but you know what? I might watch this one. I love watching games that don't involve my favorite team. I pretty much watch any ranked team. Yeah. I have, I have fringe interest. I, I had a cousin who played for Georgia a while ago. So, fringe interest. Hey, yeah. one of you guys with laptops, help me out. And uh, can you tell me what the current, like, rankings are? Uh, uh, Georgia's number two. Arkansas's number eight. Because they they got to be weird. Alabama's number one. I know that. Yeah, but they, I mean, they didn't look infallible last weekend either. Yeah, and they ha- they have a tough matchup this week because they're going up yeah. against number 12, Ole Miss. Alabama, Georgia, Oregon, Penn State, Iowa, uh, Oklahoma. Number four, Cincinnati. Penn State. Cincinnati. Yep, seven. Penn State has jumped up to number four. Ohio and where did you say Cincinnati was? Seven. Ohio State's down to number 11. Dang. Yeah. That's weird. Cincinnati they, has... They, they trounce... Uh, who we play Akron? They trounce Akron go down the spot. See, that, this, how does that work? Because this is why I put zero um, real... I don't know. I, I don't really acknowledge rankings until November. Because you know what happens? You figure out what teams are which. You don't really know what teams are actually good, which teams are overranked, which teams are underranked. Okay? And what always happens with Ohio State, it happens every year, doesn't matter who they play, doesn't matter they're undefeated or have a loss. They're going to slide down because they played some crap team and beat them by 50, while Alabama beat some slightly better crap team and beat them by 60. Yeah. So, rankings mean nothing to me. So, Ohio State's not the best team in Ohio. That would be Cincinnati. I mean, according to rankings. According to rankings. But if Ohio State played Cincinnati, they beat Cincinnati. I'm sorry. I'd have to agree. Um, And not even, I don't know. I I feel like they're in different leagues still. Uh, maybe they'll prove me wrong, but that's, that's where I'm at. Um, but Cincinnati has a tough game because they're at Notre Dame. And then we already touched on Ole Miss at Alabama. And then number three, Oregon is at Stanford. Stanford always seems to give Oregon problems. I mean, if anything, I'm, I'm rooting for Stanford. Uh, the hell with Oregon. 
Yeah, I'm, that's about where I'm at, too. <laughs> I rooted against Oregon last week for literally no reason other than uh, frustrations over that game. Yeah, yeah I got gotcha. you. So, uh, you know, <clears throat> Oregon's going to lose at some point during the season. Uh, I do still believe Oregon's going to miss the, fi- the Final Four for the college football playoff. Uh, I still think it's the same four I predicted before the season started. I still think it's going to be Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Okay? Just how I think it's going to be. Uh, I don't think Oregon has a chance to make it. They're going to lose to somebody stupid. This is qualifies as somebody stupid. <laughs> if you had to take one of those teams out, I don't care which, and replace them with any other one team, though, what, where do you think who might have a chance to sneak in? To sneak in or miss? Uh, to make it in. So, like, if, if you had four, you got, you know, your four teams, you said. Yeah. If you had to take one of those out and just replace it with any other one team, mm-hmm. who do you think that team, who's closest to getting into those four? I would swap out Notre Dame and Oregon. That's about it, huh? Yeah. You win. Because no, Notre Dame does Notre Dame things. Okay? Yeah, and Notre Dame's tricky. And they don't have a conference championship game, which hurts them. So. Okay. That, that's just enough. That's what her Big Ten teams for the longest time is they didn't have a conference championship game for the longest time. What would happen is teams in the SEC, Big Twelve, whatever would play their championship game and jump those teams. If you don't have a conference championship game, you're screwed. Yeah. Speaking of which, Clemson's playoff hopes are gone. So, is this the perfect time for me to take another victory lap? I told you this week <laughs> one that this wasn't going to happen. They were done. They were frauds. Yeah. It's over. I never. D- I'm not even going to say if I agreed with you or not, but anyway. I I thought they were going to be bad. I didn't think they were going to be this bad. Yeah. I mean, I thought there was going to be some kind of redemption. Granted, they lost in double overtime this most recent week. Yeah, but if you've watched them play, and I've watched all the games, it's not been pretty. No. You know who is extremely heavy that Clemson is playing like garbage? I am. I don't like Clemson. I don't like Dabo. I hate their defensive quarter, uh, coordinator Venables, whatever the hell his name is. You know, because if you watch a broadcast with Clemson, you know what you hear every 30 seconds? Brett Venables. Okay? It's annoying as hell. Okay? I don't like Dabo. I know that. I don't like Dabo either. And I thought it was absolutely just perfect and hilarious last year that he created a TikTok, created the worst, most cringiest TikTok of all time, then got destroyed by Ohio State. Yeah, that was great. That was awesome. Okay. Best part of last season. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not mad Clemson's playoff hopes are done. I'm not mad that Clemson's playing like garbage because you know what there's a fr- there's not a franchise. There's a school that deserves to play like garbage. There's a school that it's about time that they fell off this pedestal that they undeservedly have found themselves on. It's Clemson. You don't think it's Alabama? Well Alabama, I feel like that all the way up to the word undeservedly. Uh, they deserve everything they've gotten so far. They definitely are a good team that have played and worked for it. But, yes, I definitely want to see them fall. So, speaking of Alabama, go back to last year and then go back to 2019. Between the 2019 LSU Tigers and last year's Alabama Crimson Tide, which team do you think was better? Alabama. Bama. Bama. It's LSU. It's Bama. It's always Bama. Really? It's always Bama. You was a better coach? Who was a better coach? Alabama or LSU? I lo- I love me as some Ed Ogeron, okay? I love that he has, like, the same voice as Farmer Fran from The Waterboy. Okay? <laughs> yeah. But who's the better coach? Is Nick Saban. Ed Ogeron or Nick Saban? It's Who Saban. consistently has a really good team? Saban. Which team has not fallen off from winning the Alabama. Exactly. So you look at, look at LSU now. Look at where they're at. So you Is think it entirely possible that their 2019 run was just a complete outlier? And fluke, yeah. 
So if I'm coming down to it between 2019 LSU Tigers and 2020 Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, just I'm look at those. Alabama. Give me Alabama every time. That run by LSU is so good, though. Do you know who would beat them? 2020 Alabama. Why? Because it's Alabama. <laughs> but they didn't in 2019. But that wasn't the 2020 version of Alabama now, was it? That's true. That's the question. It's 2020 you... Alabama, not 2019 Alabama. What's your thought over there, Chirk? About Alabama? I'm not a big fan of Alabama or Clemson myself. You know who I'm not a big fan of? Penn State. So, can we talk about, how do you feel about this Penn State OSU game coming up? I am so freaking excited. I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, where's it at? I don't even know where it's at. OSU. Is it OSU? Fantastic. Yeah, I feel better about that. I feel already. a lot better about it now. Yeah. When do they play? October 30th. October 30th. A couple weeks from now. So, it's more than enough time for Ohio State to find their stride, knock off the rust, figure out what's wrong, and straighten everything Right the ship. Sounds great to me. And you know what? Penn State's ranked just high enough. It's going to give Ohio State that nice boost after they beat them. So this is fantastic. Keep winning, Penn State, because we need you to keep high. So when we beat you, we have a better win on our resume. <laughs> <laughs> Sounding pretty confident. What do you think about that? I get where he's coming from. And uh, our offense... Wow, I say R like I actually went to Penn State. I wish... Um, you can say R, I don't care. Okay, you can, you can have I'm it. A, I'm not a stickler for that. You can have it. Okay, so our offense has been shaky at times this season. I haven't always trusted Sean Clifford, our uh, coach, or sorry, quarterback. But uh, we've been able to make that big play and that key play when we needed it, whether that was on defense or, on, or offense. However, Ohio State's had our been a thorn in our side since 2016. So, uh, tell me more. What's this guy named Sean Clifford? Clifford? Yeah, Clifford. 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 Yeah. Okay, so... Not like the big red dog. Okay, so tell me about him. What kind of quarterback is he? Is he a pro style? Is he a mobile? Is he a runner? What is he? <sighs> we do run a little bit of quarterback run with him. I don't know why, because he's more of just a pocket-style passer. Okay. So... Not, makes me feel a little bit better now. Yeah. Makes, you know, it makes me sound a little bit more confident yeah. in this game. I think that that show, we should just do a whole Penn State, Ohio State show or something, if we can somehow. Okay. You, you can do a segment, not an entire show. <laughs> a segment. Okay, two hours of that would be quite exhausting. Yeah, true. Okay, never mind. I resend that <laughs> statement. <laughs> but It'll what be do a, you think? I'm so excited okay, for that man. game. So my other thoughts on college football is do you guys think Michigan and Michigan State are real at this point? No. 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 No, not at all. Even with the none of these none of these wins mean anything to you at this point. No. Not really. No. The Appalachian State one is even more important. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Chirk with the the burn out of left field. I love it. Chirk from downtown with the burn. But no, it's just again, it Michigan and Michigan State are two schools that have not done enough in the past to really have that feeling of, is this real, and saying yes. Okay? Right, I agree. They don't have the track record of late. Okay. If they did, it would be a different story, but they don't. So that's why I'm skeptical. Now, if they keep doing good things, then maybe I'll change my tune. But until then, I have a hard time saying that, yes, they're for real. Okay. 
And another thing that was a, a really big headline this week in all the fo- uh, college football spots was people talking about how bad the officiating's been so far. Oh, it's been atrocious. Yeah, it's been terrible. There's been games that have honestly probably been decided because of bad officiating. Uh, and targeting is one of the worst calls in all of sports. Uh, not only just NFL, but college football. College football is the worst uh, version of it because they don't enforce it properly. No, they don't. And I don't know if, like, it's because they they had the, the last year was such a strange one where they had few games and blah, 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 but something's off. Yeah. I mean, like, I go back to that Auburn-Penn State game. They had the uh, – this was more, I think, on the line judge than the officials, but Penn State punted on – what was supposed to be third down, but they thought it was fourth down. So there's an example of bad officiating. Well, that's bad officiating. That's also bad coaching by Penn State. Or <laughs> was it Penn State who punted? Yeah. That was bad coaching by Penn State because they recognized it was third down, not fourth down, didn't say something. But They didn't realize it until after the fact. Again, that sounds like bad coaching for Penn State not to correct the ref. Realize what down it is because you know what? A coach has to pay attention to what down it is and what play calls that they have. Well, um, we got to go to a commercial break, so we will be back here on So What's the Catch? Question, what will you find on all over-the-counter or OTC medicine packages to help you choose the right drug and use it safely? The answer, the drug facts label. This label lists the medicine's active ingredients and purpose, how much to take, and warnings you should know before using it. Remember, even OTC medicines you buy without a prescription can cause side effects you don't want. So follow the information listed on the drug facts label. For more information, visit fda.gov slash drug facts label. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. The Traditional light bulb, a groundbreaking invention in 1879. It's time we switch to longer-lasting Energy Star light bulbs. They're more efficient than the old bulbs, like a text message is more efficient than a carrier pigeon. And they cut down on our energy costs. Because in our own groundbreaking age, we deserve a light bulb that saves us some cash. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. County Captains Baseball. Isaac scores and the captains walk it off on opening night. Today in school, I learned a lot. In chemistry, I learned that no one likes me. In English, I learned that I'm disgusting. is So What's the Catch, your home for the random Cleveland Athlete of the Week on All Sports Cleveland. Today in school, I learned a lot. In chemistry, I learned that no one likes me. In English, I learned that I'm disgusting. And in physics, I learned that I'm a loser. Today in school, I learned that I'm ugly and useless. And in gym, I learned that I'm pathetic and a joke. In history, I learned that I'm trapped. Today in school, I learned that I have no friends. In biology, in English, I learned that I make people sick. And at lunch, I learned that I sit on my own because I smell. In chemistry, I learned that no one. In biology, I learned that I'm fat and stupid. And in math, I learned that I'm trash. The only thing I didn't learn in school today. The only thing I didn't learn today. The only thing I didn't learn is why no one ever helps. Kids witness bullying every day. They want to help, but they don't know how. 
Teach them how to stop bullying and be more than a bystander at stopbullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. Turk has us all just wanting to rhyme. So turn up the dial because it's sports talk time. So what's the catch is back in three, two, nine. We are back here. So what's the catch? I believe we're back. Right, Chirk? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Are, are we there? I, I wish I would have heard that now, but, but yeah, I stopped it a little too early. <laughs> okay. You're good. We are so back, the word now got cut off. Okay. That's how back we are. Yes. Okay. So, we got two segments left. Yep. Been an interesting show, but, you know, we got general football here. Salute. Salute. Anyways... As of right now, who has the best odds to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl? Kansas City Chiefs or the field? Well, if you're looking at it from a betting perspective, you take the field. But if you're looking from a, a team and talent perspective, you take the Chiefs. As of right now, I'm taking the field. Again, if you're taking it from a betting perspective, the field, because there's 15 to 1. But if you're actually picking a specific team, say, that's my team, I'm picking the Super Bowl, you pick the Chiefs. Who's the field? Everybody else. Oh, okay. So it's the Chiefs or the other 15 teams? Gotcha. I, I was confused. Sorry, betting terminology. Yeah, I'm like, are we... A little bit. I thought you were talking about, like, the Kansas City Chiefs field. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> how are they going to be there? <laughs> oh, wow. Sure, what do you got? The Chiefs or the field? Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to have to say the, the Chiefs. Okay. It makes me a little scared that we're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... You even with all the Chiefs problems right now, you're still saying Kansas City. Uh, yeah. Who's their quarterback? Mahomes. Who's their coach? And Andy Reid. Uh, who's the two-time AFC champion? True. But that's the way I'm looking at it. Okay. Uh, until there's a reason that they've been dethroned. Until they've been dethroned. Until Patrick Mahomes is either injured or doesn't look like Patrick Mahomes. You gotta go with the Chiefs. I don't know. They look shaky this season. I'll take the field, and I'll tell you why. Not because I disagree at all with uh, the Patrick Mahomes thing, and I think they are the team to beat and the the favorite. I take the field because I think uh, I've said this before. You know, any given Sunday, weird things can happen, and I think there's just a probability that something happens, some kind of slip. You know, they make it to the playoffs and lose in the playoffs. Against Um, the Browns. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) But... Uh, I just feel like there's, there's, if I actually had to place the odds, I'd say like 50-50, uh, and that's how good like I think the Chiefs that's, are. That's incredible. Yeah, so against everybody given, else. Yeah, so you give the Chiefs 50%. 50 against, against the, yeah. Against the 15. Yeah. Exactly. But I would, yeah. I, I'll take the field for the sake yeah. of argument. I'm, I'm also taking the field. I would say the odds are, as of right now, going into week four, I would say it's 55 to 50 can't, uh, in favor of the field in terms of percentages. Think that adds up right? No, that's 105. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. 55-45. But yeah, 55-45. My entire point is from a betting perspective, you take the field because it's going to be more kind to percentage-wise. But if you're actually picking a team, I'm, you got to go with the Chiefs. Yeah, and I don't understand the betting part of it at all, but uh, it sounds like if I was betting, I would probably want to put my money on the Chiefs. But for me, it's like the Chiefs have so many issues right now, and their defense is god-awful. They're going to get Honey Badger back. They uh, already do. And yeah. he, he hasn't made a difference. He will. Okay. Number one. Number two, again, 
it's just if you're looking at teams that are having issues and whether or not they're going to straighten them out, you got to believe the Chiefs are one of those teams that straighten them out. Okay, there are other teams that have issues. Like, well, they're screwed. They're done. Steelers being one of them. But the Chiefs, they'll figure it out. I'm not worried. Okay. I mean, they're already. They just signed Josh Gordon to their practice squad. They're set. <laughs> right. That'll fix everything. Okay. So, with, speaking of the Chiefs, which L.A. win was more impressive this weekend? The Rams against the Buccaneers or Chargers against said Chiefs? Rams. You know why? Because Matt Stafford showed that he is, one, a really good quarterback, two, borderline elite, if not elite, three, firmly in the MVP conversation. I also got to go with the Rams for majority of the same reasons, but I think it also shows that the Rams can beat the Buccaneers because they did it last season too in, in prime time. I'm down in Tampa, and I think it shows that the Rams are not scared of the Buccaneers. Chirk? I'm going to have to go with the Rams. Rams? Yeah. What's the question again? Which L.A. win was more impressive, Rams against Buccaneers or Chargers at Kansas City? I'd probably go with the Chargers. I actually like that pick. Just because it's at Kansas City. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And And speaking of Kansas City, I'm sorry, what I was reading over here was the whole um, Andy Reid thing. Because that, that's crazy. He passed out at the game Sunday. Mm-hmm. Sounds like he was just dehydrated. Sounds like just a dehydrated situation. But still, man, that's that's a scary place to have yeah. something like that happen. Yeah. It's a very scary place. Andy Reid is a very large man. So yeah, that's, I've more, seen more yeah. prone to happen to him. And I've like I've literally dehydrated myself uh, when I was younger, and like in the middle of a street in Lakewood, walking across the street, do you just like go down in a pile? Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's bad. Anyways. That does not sound good, but I I do like your pick with the Chargers, and I'm scared to play the Chargers next week in L.A. as a Browns fan. I'm going to say that right now. I think Justin Hebert's going to be an elite quarterback for time to come. He will be. He, he I mean, he his first start came because Tyrod Taylor got his lung punctured, and he went toe-to-toe with Ju- uh, Patrick Mahomes. Justin Herbert, incredible quarterback. Yes. Speaking of incredible quarterbacks, guess who's going to his previous home this week? Tom Brady. Tom Brady heading back to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. Did the Patriots even have a chance? No. No, no, no. no. They're going to roll them, right? What type of – do you think the Patriots will just do, like, a video package for him at the beginning, or will they do, like, some type of full-blown ceremony? I don't know. Um – for two reasons. One, Tom Brady's involved. Two, Bill Belichick is involved. Okay? I think Bill, the fans would cheer Tom Brady. They do until they don't. That's the thing. Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a moment where they'll, they'll cheer Tom Brady when they see him at first. When the game actually starts, they will boo the crap out of him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if that does, in fact, happen. I, I, I just, I see, I'm not even sure if they're going to do anything for him. I haven't seen anything whether or not they're going to do anything for him, uh, considering he's still an active player. If he wasn't an active player, it'd be a different story. I mean, when Peyton Manning went back to Indianapolis with Denver, Indy did a whole video package, and um, they did, and everybody gave him, like, a standing ovation. Yeah, but you know who's best friends with everyone on the team that he owns? Jim Irsay. 
Okay, Jim Irsay is best friends with everyone on his team. Okay. By best friend, does he mean like he knows everybody and calls them his best friend? He calls all of them brother. Oh, wow. Wonder what the player's perspective on that. Well, Pat McAfee loves it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, him and Jim Irsay are, are, are butts still. All right. But, uh, <clears throat> that game could be, I think it's going to be a slaughter. I think the Bucks going to win big. Yeah, Tampa's going to put up at least 40 on them. Yeah, I think uh, Tampa is favored by seven. Uh, if I was a gambler, I'd be betting on the Bucks. On this yeah, game. I would, I would not place a bet on the Patriots. No, I wouldn't at all. Uh, I just, I, I don't trust them. Yeah. Uh, any, any other games uh, this week that are catching your eye uh, I- for interest-wise? Uh, there's a total terrible game happening in Chicago between the Lions and Bears. Yeah, that game has n- no. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that game has no. All right, here's a game. Here we go. Cardinals and Rams in L.A. Ooh, 3-0 that... Cardinals, 3-0 Rams. Rams are hit by 4.5. I'm taking Cardinals. I... You take the Cardinals in that perspective? I got since since because Kyler Murray is third in MVP voting and I took Kyler in our – as MVP, I gotta go Cardinals. I'm gonna also take the Rams minus four and a half here, okay? Because I just feel that Kyler's due for a dud. I do that. I feel that the Rams defense is gonna be too much for Kyler Murray. Do Do you think that there's a possibility of the Rams having a letdown after an, a big win like they had this past Sunday against the Buccaneers? Sure, it's possible. I just, I mean. It, Playing against the Cardinals, I mean, they're, it's another, it's a rival game, so mm. they're, they're going to be up for it. It's not like they're playing the Lions, <laughs> so it's a rivalry game. So when the Browns play the Lions, you're just going to be like, yay, automatic win. Uh, it should be an automatic win. Well, speaking of that, the, they're still not even, and I'm sure you guys already probably got all into Matt Nagy and all that, but he's not even saying who he's going to start for QB. Yeah, you know what's going to happen there in Chicago. It's going to be uh, uh, who's who. Yeah, Matt Nagy just needs to get fired. Matt Bye-bye. Nagy's going to somehow find a three-sided coin and flip it to figure out who his quarterback is. <laughs> okay? Yes. Who would you rather have? Dalton? Okay, so say, say that's unfortunately, like, that's our team and we would have to, uh, you know, decide. Would you say Foles uh, or Dalton? Who would you rather have? Or Fields? I'm just going to assume at this point he's not going to start Fields. But if you, I mean, if you want to argue it, you can. If Dalton's healthy, he's going to start. start yeah, Dalton. if Dalton's healthy, it's. He's been very adamant about that. Yeah, a hundred percent. Fields, just so he can develop. I mean, playing against Detroit would be a cupcake game for him. So. I wouldn't say it's a cupcake game, but it would be. Uh, let's. I'll put it this way: the Lions have lost all three of their games, but they've at least shown some fight in all three of those games. Uh, the Bears haven't really done that at all, so. I haven't seen Nick Foles play uh, since, like, the Super Bowl that he was in either. So has he gotten bad over the past few years? Is he just not the same guy? He's not good. Uh, that was a magical run that's never be repeated. Uh, yeah. Two other quick games of note. Ravens at Broncos. 2-1 uh, Ravens, 3-0 Broncos. I, again, I think the Broncos are a paper tiger, so I would take the Ravens in this one. And, Seahawks uh, 49ers. Over-under is set at 45. I take the under and the Ravens. Okay. What about Seahawks 49ers? What's the over-under on that? Seahawks 49ers. Uh, over-under is 52. I would take the over on that one. Really? Yeah. I would take the under. I would take the over of 52. And who's favorite? Uh, Monday night is Raiders at Chargers. 
That's Chargers good. are favored by three and a half. Over-unders at 52 and a half. I would take Chargers, and I would take the over in that one. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take the Chargers, and I will also take the over. So that's Chargers minus three and a half, over at 52 and a half. Uh, but with that, we got to head to uh, a commercial here. We come back, we got... Uh, a momentary hockey talk, and uh, and the we got a, got a quiz. We got quiz. We order. got a berserker of the week. And berserker of the week. We he haven't had. Back. All I'm right. Back. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just got invited to the prom. Do you a meet her date? I need to see your past date report cards, your driver's license, a list of references, and this hair sample. B, help her pick out a dress. <gasps> Don't you just love the long sleeves and turtleneck on this pantsuit? Ugh. C, attend the prom undercover. Mom, what are you doing here? I'm not mom, I'm <clears throat> Calvin, the new kid at school. Or D, capture her big moment. Uh, let's take a photo of you two. I'm in the middle. When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect dancers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. <laughs> Corny, groan-worthy but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. County Captains Baseball. Isaac scores, and the captains walk it off on opening night. We are the talk of the land. All sports. Friends don't let friends drop. Radio show. This radio show is written by some jabroni named Lance. Although he can be heard on the Beyond Air network, Lance's heel persona is one few possess. The only thing to. Are we back? We're back yeah, now. We're back. Okay, that was an adventure. That, that was funny. Nah, so, that, it was buffering. Uh, <laughs> so we are 14 days away from the NHL season starting. I am so freaking excited for that. So, <laughs> and Kramer just steps out on that. <laughs> what, we got boring that quick? Uh, you started talking about hockey. Got it. Yeah. Anyway, so we are going to pick who we think is going to win the Central Division. So, 
You've got Arizona, Chicago, Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota, Nashville, St. Louis, and Winnipeg. I am going with the Colorado Avalanche. They are by far the best team in this division. And nope. Arizona. <laughs> Arizona's going to have the year this year. You know, last year they had a rough year. They said maybe next year this is the year. You're going with the Coyotes. Go Arizona, baby. Okay. We got the wild card pick of the Yotes. Who you got, Crank? Who you got, Chuck? Wait, what are their names? <laughs> their short name is Arizona. the Yotes. What you got, Chuck? I'll go with Arizona. Arizona? Yeah, my dude. Yeah, I, I, I uh, just seen their struggle, just where they came from. And, yeah. This is their final year in Gila River Arena because they're hey. being kicked out. What was the name of that arena? Gila River okay. Arena. <laughs> Who you got? Of that, that's why they won. Uh, give me the Blues. Ooh, okay. Blues seem interesting. Let's just get kind of weird. No one else picked the Blues. And what? What is that? What city? St. Louis. St. Louis, gotcha. All right. Kramer quiz time. Oh, that was quick. Well, yeah. All right, Kramer quiz time. And what I ended up doing was I just stuck with the quiz from last week, so they're still hard. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. I, I think this will probably be the last time I do this one, but let's see if we can uh, get Chark in with another win. Yeah, let's without Brian here, that's going to be hard. Yeah, so, yeah, actually, I just realized that. Get Scorchy going, Josh, James, Chark. <laughs> the NFL Defensive Player of the Year Award began in 1971. Who won the inaugural award? Of the, for the Heisman? Yeah. The NFL <laughs> Defensive Player of the Year Award. This is why we love you, Chirk. It began in 1971. Who was the first one? I'm just going to go out on this one because I don't know. Jim Marshall. No. And I guess it's Chirk. Um, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know, I'm going to take a wild guess with this. Uh, Curly Cup. No, sweet name, though. Alan <laughs> Page, who was Alan a... Pa yeah, I was a Vikings player. Yeah, Vikings, part of the Purple Peter, purple People Eaters. I, th I think the wrong Vikings player. Yeah. Speaking of which, who do we got winning this weekend? Browns or Vikings? Browns. 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 Score, score predictions? I don't know. Uh, I don't even want to make predictions close. with them. Actually, if it's close, that might be a bad thing for the Browns. If it's close, it's bad news for the Browns. I'll put it yeah. Down. Who was the first head coach to make four Super Bowl appearances? Bill Parcells? No. Tom Landry? No. First head coach to make four Super Bowl appearances. Chuck Noll? No. Don Shula? Uh, wow. Who was the fourth overall player selected in the 2003 NFL draft. Ooh. Uh, this was a little bit before your time, Josh. No, it wasn't. 2003? How old were you? You were five. Six. I don't know how old you were. You're close enough. So I don't feel like Dwayne I Robertson. You, you are correct. 
Dwayne Robertson. I don't Robertson. know how I got that one. I'm not even looking at it up. I was yeah. say you better not be using your phone. Yeah, you better not be cheating. No, I just I just remember reading through like one time I was bored and I was reading through like an NFL draft list and I saw his name. I wouldn't have got that. From 2001 to 2003, the Philly Eagles won three consecutive NFC East titles, but then lost in the NFC Championship game each year. Who was the third team to defeat them in the 2003 uh, NFC Championship? The Panthers. It was the Panthers. You had to go 2003. I would have got it if it was 2002, because that was Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm very apologetic. <laughs> um, in 2004, John Lynch signed with the Denver Broncos. He was previously part of a different Florida-based franchise. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep. No. What? He won the Super Bowl in 2002? Let him finish the question. Let him finish the question. He is known as a... Okay, he was part of a Florida-based franchise. First, what organization was he part of? First. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No. Florida-based franchise. Miami Dolphins. No. Well, there's only one other Florida team. Notice I didn't say uh, NFL team. Mm-hmm. Oh! Well, uh, well, can we rescind our guesses then? No. no. Florida Marlins. He was a minor and major league player. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gotten that one. I picked the wrong team. Um... The 2004 Rams lost to the Falcons in the NFL playoffs, but the Rams didn't always play in St. Louis. Where did they LA. start? Cleveland. Crap. Cleveland. <laughs> you knew that was wrong as soon as you said it, didn't you? I, I knew that one. I watched, like, NFL, like, franchise history. I knew maybe. they started in Cleveland. I thought you said, where did they play previously? I thought you were going to say, not like Cleveland. I love watching, like, NFL franchise history videos like that. It's so cool. Well, in 2001, when Michael Strahan set his record of 22 and a half sacks in a season, whose record did he break? Oh, oh man. Eric Thomas. No. Mark Gastonow. Yes. Wait, James sliding in. Ah, I, that's the guy from the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, now i got to skip way ahead. Doo, doo, doo. What's the score at right now? Two, you got 1-1. One, one. Yes, sir. Oh, close game. Which team won the first NFL championship in 1920? Oh, I know this. Eagles. No, it was the, oh, what's their name? I know the city. City doesn't do it. Need a whole name. Ah, Akron Pros. Yes, sir. Nice. Was the Akron Pros. That trophy trophy has gone missing. That's interesting. Yep. Who was the for- first quarterback to attempt 9,000 passes in their NFL career? 9,000? What era was this quarterback in? Uh, I'll say modern. Okay. Modern to me being like 90s or up. Okay. 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 <clears throat> uh, I don't mind giving that clue. Yeah, that's not too much of a clue. It's really not. Vinny Testaver. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, now we got that out of the way. <laughs> um, no. Meaning that he played in the 90s or he started in the 90s? I'm not going to say either way on that. I'm just saying that my modern, if I say modern, to me, modern that would be from the, 90s to, to now. Okay. 
9,000 passes? I'm gonna, First quarterback to attempt 9,000 passes. I'm going to guess Elway. No. I'm glad you got that guess because that was going to be one of my possibilities. So let's get that out of the way. I'm thinking of quarterbacks. They only attempt probably about 400 to 500 uh, passes a year, uh, sometimes 600. You're on the right track to getting it. Um, get played long enough. Exactly. And uh, I, I hate giving out hints to James of all people, but uh, he was correct. I, I'll say that Josh was correct on the era, at least. Hmm. I'm so uh, of Elway. Yeah, it was in the era. Played around that same time. Or wait, maybe not. Never mind. D- disregard that. Well, Church's guess gave me zero help. Vinny Testaverde is not helpful at all. <laughs> it's possible. It's not. No, um, it's really not. I'll tell. Okay, I'm gonna give one more clue because the last one I think I screwed up on. But this clue, I know. He did. He did this in 2008. It was in 2008 that this was achieved. Oh. Had to play long enough for 2008 to be notable. Probably towards the end of his career. So go Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Which then evened up the board. He was he was the other one of my. Ah, uh, yeah, I was. He was who I was thinking of, but I was like, nah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I was think, thinking about maybe Drew Brees, maybe Elway. I was I was thinking possibly Peyton, but yeah, I was thinking along the same you lines. Thinking Vinny? <laughs> no, Vinny. nobody's thinking Vinny. But no, Vinny for the Winnie. Here's an interesting one. No, no, Turk. What do Carson Palmer, Keyshawn Johnson, Reggie Bush, and OJ Simpson all have in common? USC. USC. No. Yes, they all went to USC. I mean, it's close, but that's not the answer. The. I'm gonna. I'm gonna gonna have to give it to him because the answer is native Californians. Okay. Yeah. But. So yeah, they all went to USC. Yeah. I feel like that's that's close. Enough. Yeah, close enough. Any for the win. <laughs> Is that your new thing here? Wait a minute, you're not wearing the sunglasses. Uh, He's got to concentrate. Concentrate. Okay, moving forward, we have we've only got like uh, one, two, three, four, five more questions. So, uh, and right now we have James back in the lead with three. Everybody else has two. Who was the first quarterback to win the Super Bowl MVP without throwing a touchdown pass during the game? I feel like I've heard this before. Without throwing a touchdown pass during the game. It's probably a terrible game. Yeah, which probably not. What was the score? Of the Super Bowl. Yeah, don't say that. Or even tell us a decade. Super Bowl. Don't don't say that. Don't say that. Just you know, even tell us a decade. Yeah, just decade. It was in the first ten years of the Super Bowl. Okay. Oh, so okay, in that era. Terry Bradshaw. No, not a bad guess, but no. I think you're in the right era with that guess. I think Terry Bradshaw's a little late for that, honestly. If it's in the first half. It's, it's a little late. Oh. Joe Namath. Joe Namath. Oh, with the guarantee. Yep. Joe Namath. 
I thought you threw a touchdown pass in the game. Apparently he did. <laughs> <laughs> when did the QB sack become an official NFL statistic? Oh, well, it was after Bubba Baker. 1967? No, way too, too late. Oh, so early. No, I'm saying he's, he's going the wrong direction. Yeah, I know, so I'm saying early. Yeah, that's about much. Yeah, I, get, I know what you meant. Uh, Two years, I'm thinking in my head. Yeah. Um, Wait. 1982. <laughs> I don't know how, but yes. Yes. 1982. Yeah. I didn't even try to guess on that one because I was like com- too conflicted on that one. We only got three questions left. James has five. Y'all have two. So this this is really the break. No, I got here. three. Oh. No, you got two. <laughs> Are you or, just trying to add on to Wait, you said wait. I got the point. You said he, he did, you did say he got the point for the native California because yeah, they both said that USC. One. I you gave that, that one. Him. I said it for sure. Yeah, James said no, it. I thought I you both, I bo- thought they both, you gave them both credit for that. You know what? I have it wrote down how it's wrote down. <laughs> James has five. Shirk okay. has two. Josh has two. Deal. Y'all confusing me. <laughs> He's the official scorekeeper. I'll say that all the time. Yeah. Throughout the entire 20th century, there was only one NFL player who played in 20 seasons for the same team. Tom Brady. No. 20 seasons for the same okay, so team. Okay, so you're wrong on multiple levels on that one because 20 seasons of the same team in 20th century, and he's excluded from both of those. Yeah, yeah I was <laughs> wondering about that too. <laughs> 20 seasons for the same team. The only NFL player who did it in the 20th century, who was his name? George Blanda. No. Crap. Is he a, is he a relatively... I'll give you a hint, sure, because I haven't really given you too many hints. He is uh, a... He was a Ram. Ram. I'm a Ram. Deacon Jones? No. Jackie Slater. And before we go, we got the Berserker of the Week. All right. Drum roll. Miles Garrett. All right. We will see you next week here on. It's too goofy. Okay. Well, we will see you next week here on So What's the Catch on All Sports Cleveland.